dare you? Tremendous Super Bowl Day specials at the Big Storm Brewing Company Tap Room in Clearwater, 49th Street, just south of Almerton Road. You can see them all laid out at JoeBucksFan.com. But Big Storm really is a year-round thing. It's not just a one-day thing. Big Storm Beer is Florida's best craft beer. The Big Storm Distillery is fantastic. So many award-winning whiskeys. Get to BigStormDistillery.com and see all the tap rooms in Odessa, off State Road 54. Great little place there on Success Drive. Ebor City, upstairs, Centro Ebor, their newest location. Great fun. We had our draft party there last year. Clearwater, of course, indoor and outdoor seating. Big, beautiful, great menu at all locations and in Orlando at the Amway Center. Follow each one on social media. Big Storm, Orlando, Odessa, Clearwater, and Ebor City. The more I think about it, how dare you? And I think the Glazers are a little bit entranced. Here he is, the sage of Tampa Bay sports, the Baron of Big Storm Beer, Mr. Bill Curry Ford himself, the king of Newport Ritchie, Uncle Ira, the custodian of Canton. This is the Ira Kaufman Podcast. I'm Steve Isbitz of JoeBucksFan.com. Lee Decamper of JoeBucksFan.com is here. And you can find Ira Kaufman on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, so many platforms, and right at JoeBucksFan.com. We've got so much to get to. Bill Curry Ford presents all of Ira's work and this podcast, Bill Curry Ford, since the 1950s, family-owned, still family-owned, the Curry family, one mile north of Raymond James Stadium on the east side. Tremendous, tremendous dealership, totally redone, futuristic. It's the biggest, baddest dealership Tampa's ever seen. Check it out. Mile north of the stadium, nationwide lifetime warranty on new vehicles. Sean Sullivan, the general manager of Bill Curry Ford, he's giving you $500 just to order a new vehicle through their concierge ordering service. It's so easy. No deposit. Check it all out at BillCurryFord.com. BillCurryFord.com. Ask for the Ira Kaufman discount. That always comes in handy. Tremendous service department. Biggest, I mean, size. It's incredible. This modern dealership, uh, you'll get in and out quickly, and they've got a great body shop. Bill Curry Ford, a mile north of the stadium on Dale Mabry. Shop now, BillCurryFord.com. And uh, we'll talk about our friends at Florida's Elite Restoration later, Florida's EliteRestoration.com. Check them out so when you have a disaster, you know exactly what to do, and you don't have to find someone you don't trust. All right, Sage, so Lee is back from Las Vegas. He survived. He doesn't have any wounds or uh, sores. He's fine. He's in good shape. Uh, Lee, all that time at Media Row there in Las Vegas, uh, all the action before the Super Bowl, the the Buccaneers walking around, the uh, ex-Buccaneers walking around. What what is your in your top two? We'll start there. Your top two that Ira needs to know from your trip to Las Vegas. Baker Mayfield. I I don't know if there was a media outlet in North America he did not speak to. That's number one, and number two, and number two. Gracie Hunt is everything she appears to be. Whoa! I she guess I got to be for about a minute, and you know, just happenstance. And she's the real deal. I guess I got to go to New Orleans uh, for next Super Bowl, uh, Lee. We'll see. Steve, he, he's right. I don't think there was an interview request other than 620 Tampa that uh, Mayfield uh, didn't honor. Lee, what was he pushing? Was he uh, he was a spokesman for something out there? Advanced auto parts. It's always something. It's always something. Unbelievable. Hey, Sage, among those interviews, uh, look, there was a lot of different ones. Most of them were stupid. Mayfield is really good. <laughs> 
about repeating the same message. So while he talked and talked and talked, he didn't really waver from anything that he did during the season, and he's had the same canned answers. And I'm not accusing him of uh, of lying or anything like that. It's just he's, he's very good with a, a script, especially when he creates his own script. But one thing he did touch on with uh, your friend, Chris Mad Dog Russo of uh, Serious Mad Dog Radio, Mad Dog, and Mayfield's very quick to correct interviewers if he doesn't agree with the premise or he'll say, oh, I, I wouldn't say that at all. But right. Mad Dog blasted the Buccaneer to Mayfield. He blasted the, the play calling against the Lions in the playoffs, said it was too conservative, took the team too much time to get going, and they didn't, didn't like the calls. And Mayfield didn't offer any counterpoint. He did not do it. He didn't disagree. And he said to Russo, you always look back at a handful of plays, but we didn't start fast. And he said, that was kind of our problem all year. And uh, we wouldn't get going until we got into some sort of two-minute offense situation type of tempo. And right. uh, and that's what got them going uh, in that game later. But, you know, he did say that was our problem all year. And Liam Cohen previously had said, I'm getting input from the guys already and we want to get more tempo and uh, they want some more uh, decision-making kind of thing. And, of course, we know he was talking about Mayfield. So what's your thought about that? Well, Steve, I heard that interview with, with the doggy. And I was glad that Mayfield referenced the slow starts. Lee, I think it's been a big problem. I mean a big one. And it stretches two years. So the last year of Brady and one year of Mayfield. And two different coordinators, Lee. Uh, I I just checked this morning. The quarter-by-quarter scoring for the league over the course of the regular season. And we've touched on this. There's the Bucs, you know, 26th. And I looked at last year, and there they are, 27th. First quarter scoring, first half scoring. Now, when it comes to fourth quarter, you know, when they're behind, you know, they're in the top ten. Lee, the teams with the really good offenses, the Dallases, the 49ers, the Chiefs, maybe the Bills, maybe the Bengals when uh, when the guy's healthy, they're all quick starters. Lee, it's been a big problem here. I'm glad that Mayfield said something about it. Uh, I hope Cohn takes this thing very seriously. It's driven us crazy, my, me in particular, Lee. You've heard me whine about it. How many times, Lee, in the last two years have the Bucks gone into the halftime and, and they're losing 10-3? to 3? I, I'm tired of it, where the defense plays pretty well and they just can't generate any offense. So I'm glad he uh, is thinking about it. He's obsessed by it. He should be. Better starts are going to lead to better results. Play from ahead. It's going to help all... It's going to help Bowles call his defense. Play from ahead. That's what the better teams in this league do uh, consistently. And the Bucks have been terrible uh, about it. As far as him not backing up Canales, Lee, I'm not going to read too much into it. I don't think he wanted Canales to leave. I don't, but he couldn't stop him. And I didn't think he had a problem with Canales. I mean, why would he, Lee? He had a, a, a huge bounce back year. Could have easily won comeback player of the year. I think that's, by the way, if you want to pick DeMar Hamlin, I don't have a problem, but how dare you? How dare you pick Joe Flacco over <laughs> Baker Mayfield? I just, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. And if you weren't going to give it to Hamlin, who I voted for, uh, and I voted Mayfield second, and I didn't even think twice about Flacco. Lee, that's ridiculous. I mean, uh, I, I don't, I don't know what my fellow voters were thinking about, but I don't think he had a problem with Canales necessarily, but he sure had a big hand in, in picking Conley. There's a uh, very popular phrase in Kansas City 
that fully explains why Flacco and not Mayfield got it. And I've been on record that DeMar Hamlin, that's a Hallmark movie. That's not a football story. He was a scrub before, he was a scrub now. I understand what he went through. It's got nothing to do with football. He could have had a stroke looking at his uh, New York tax invoice. <laughs> I mean, uh, but uh, yeah. East Coast bias, what they say in Kansas City. East Coast bias. Flacco played in Baltimore, played for the Jets. I can't give it to a guy who played five games over a guy who played all 17. Right? Yeah, I mean, I and also, yeah. the guy who didn't win it had a much better postseason than the guy who did win it. I know it's it's a regular season award. No one remembers the regular season after the playoffs. It should be an entire season, not just part of the season. Lee, what about these slow starts that are driving us crazy? Just the, the teams you cited. This is going to irritate the heck out of you. I'm sorry, but the teams you cited. I'm going to guess the other teams in their top five or top ten. They're not plotting running offenses. Further, I'm going to also bet that every one of those offenses has a top-shelf quarterback. I agree that if you run the ball, you're going to be a tougher team. But how much more evidence do we need that running the ball, you run to lose. You run to lose. This is no longer the 1960s than Vince Lombardi. Should you have a running game? Yes. Should you be able to run the ball to be a tougher team? Yes. But that should not be the backbone of the team. That should not be a focus of the team. Focus of the team is scoring. It's hard to score when you waste plays running up the middle. Hello, Dave Canales. I love Dave. I love him to death. But running up the middle does nothing more than wear your team out, waste snaps, and give the ball back to your opponent. Tell me if I'm wrong, Stevie, and and you don't need much prompting uh, in that regard. Steve, (laughs) I think think Lee's a a little bit off point here to, to this extent, Steve. I don't think his problem is running up the middle. I think the problem is the Bucks stink at it. And, yes, Lee, maybe they can fix it. I, I don't see anything wrong with a balanced offense, but your point is well taken when you're last in the league in rushing. I understand that. Steve, am I wrong? No, of course not. You know, if you're going to do it, be good at it. And, you know, everybody, everybody would cheer if the Bucks averaged five yards a carry on first down when they chose to run on first down. So, yeah, absolutely, Ira. Steve, what about these slow starts? I mean, it goes beyond five or six games. Uh, you know, now it's a two-year trend. Uh, I think they were decent Brady's second year when they were defending champs. I think they were they were okay in first half scoring, but it, it puts a lot of pressure, I, I think, on the defense when uh, you know consistently you're going into a half and you've got three or seven points every damn week. I mean, it drives you nuts. <laughs> I put it on Todd Bowles. You know, I know he likes to be hands off and all that, but you, you got to get in there by week 12 and say, look, we haven't had a touchdown in on the first drive and we're struggling early. Let's fix this. Let's put more time in. Let's whatever we got to do. Let's do it. Let's open up no huddle or something, right. you know, especially when they were, you know, they were four and seven Mayfield this week in his many interviews in, in some of them, at least he really praised Canales for never wavering from, what they set out to do and the core of the offense and believing in it and keeping the guys believing in it when they were even four and seven. And then it it worked out in the end, it was the right. So maybe that's just time needed to adjust. The running game was good against the lions in the final game. It was better in the last four to five, six weeks overall. It was better, not great, but better. So maybe they were going in the right direction, uh, which of course, you know, brings everybody back to the reset to Liam Cohen, Uh, Is that a step back if it takes time to get going again? Todd Bowles has to realize 
At this point, Ira, he heard it from Bruce Arians. He knows it from reality. You heard it from Dave Canales. When it was four and seven, people there believed that, man, we're, we're probably getting fired. And yep. ownership is probably looking around. And Todd Bowles probably knows, you know what? I can't go four and seven again. Otherwise, I don't want the Glazers out shopping twice for a head coach in two years that, you know, somebody might buy somebody. So especially with Belichick out there. Uh, I'm glad you just mentioned Belichick still being out there. Lee, he, he could be a factor uh, in the next offseason. We'll see. Lee, I listened to Arthur Blank with the Mad Dog yesterday, and, and Blank was adamant. Lee, he went out of his way to emphasize that uh, no contract offer was ever proffered to uh, Belichick. I don't think Blank's lying necessarily. I don't. And he also said that uh, Belichick, uh, it never came up in the talks about the power structure and Fontenot and Rich McKay and this and that. Well, there had to be a reason they picked Raheem Morris over Belichick. And he never gave the real reason. He just said there's a variety of factors. I I don't know what that means. But the fact is, Belichick's still going to be out there next year, and I think he wants to coach. And I think the Glazers are a little bit entranced with Bill Belichick. They bounced things off him in in the past. Sage, that kind of Belichick scenario would mean there's a disaster for Todd Bowles. And when you have a disaster in your home, you know who to call. Not the Glazers. Florida's Elite Restoration. Florida's Elite Restoration.com. Go there. Check out all their services. Fire, flood, mold, storm damage. Whatever's going on at your property or your place of business, you call them 24-7 and they'll come out and give you a free, high-tech, high-experience evaluation of what's happening at your property so you know how to proceed. They'll be your offensive coordinator to take on the insurance companies to get the money that you have coming to you that you've paid for to restore your property. Florida's EliteRestoration.com. Put it in your disaster plan. Owner Josh Martin, great friend of the Sage, great friend of JoeBucksFan.com. He's got $500 for you if you mention Joe Bucksfan or Ira Kaufman when you call. After you do your free evaluation, if you sign on for their services and you want to work with them, they'll give you $500 back. Maybe that's cash for your deductible or just cash back. Florida's EliteRestoration.com. Be ready, just like the Glazers. Be ready if things go bad. Lee, one thing, uh, tell me about the impression you got from Mayfield, and of course it came up at all the interviews, and you were tracking him like a hound dog, Lee. There's stuff about, um, you know, accommodating the Bucks. you love the organization, you, you, you know, the implication is you'll, you'll take less money, uh, and, and as a result, they'll bring Mike Evans back, and that all sounds good, but, you know, I think the word potentially has got to be thrown in there, because I'm not convinced that Mayfield wouldn't go somewhere else for the money. I'm not convinced that, and he's earned that right. The more I think about it, Lee, the more I think about it, I think he's going to be franchise tagged. That, that's my opinion. They're going to give him the $30, 35000000 million, but it's going to be for one year. Lee, I'm of the opinion, I, I don't think that's a wrong move necessarily because with his past, I want to see more. I want to see more, and I don't know if I can, uh, I don't know if I can latch on to him for three or four years. Uh, thinking that he's going to be the guy under center for three or four years and it's not going to be some guy that I drafted. I'd see the franchise tag with, tag with Mayfield. Could be, I mean, we're kind of splitting hairs. I mean, get Mayfield back, whatever that takes, one, two, three years, whatever. It, it, it seems strange on face value that you would franchise a guy that you basically brought in his hand-picked coach. That, that just seems odd on face value. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm not getting wrapped up too much in it. <laughs> Franchise this, franchise that, whatever. I I can only go by what Mayfield's saying, and he said as recently as yesterday that um, 
he will make sacrifices if the Bucks bring back Mike Evans. And I do know that when I did speak with Mayfield, I only got two questions in because his handlers almost fought me, physically almost fought me from <laughs> keeping away from him. My last question to him was, what's the percentage of Mike Evans comes back if you sign? And he looked at me and smiled. He said, pretty high. Well, you should have snuck in a question about Ace Auto Parts and uh, you, you could have kept going. Uh, no, because those guys had to go to some network uh, sit-down. There's a lot more eyeballs there. So uh, they did not want me to talk to them. The best one was Steve Young. I'll, I'll retrace this real quick. The morning that that uh, video came out, Mayfield on a hot mic with Steve Young. I tried to listen to it at, when I first saw it on social media. I'm in the media center. It's nuts. I couldn't hear a dang thing. So I got hold of Steve, told Steve what's going on. Like, allegedly... Mayfield said he's coming back. I can't hear the video. It's a hot mic. Can you listen to it for me? And then Steve, about 50 minutes later, texted me and said he never said anything such thing. You know, what people are saying on social media is inaccurate. So, okay, that's all he needed to know. But I still I still was in the dark about what, what, convers- what took place. Other than what's on social media, you can't trust social media. Well, uh, 20, 20 yards away from me, Steve Young. You know, so he's doing a sit-down with Florio and Chris Sims. So I staked out there. I went up to his handlers like, I, I need to talk to Steve as soon as he gets upset. Well, no, no, he, you know, he right away. No, 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 no. Because none of those reporters are absolute pariahs with those scumbags. They hate us. They want nothing to do with us. You, I get shot down so much more at Super Bowl Media Center than I ever did with women at a bar. I mean, it's not even close. And it's like, right away, no, 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 no. And I said, look, man, I got one question. That's it. Well, he's got to go here. He's got to go there. He's like, uh, I can walk. In. And by the way, this is my this is my my standard response. And they generally don't have a comeback for this. I can walk and talk. Nice. So I nice. hit him with that. Well, uh, uh, he's going to go. I said I can walk with him. I only got one question. And like, well, no, he's he, he's got to run. I can run and talk. So sure enough, they had Steve Young jogging to his next interview. I'm jogging right with him, like Steve. I got one question. Did Baker Mayfield tell you he's coming back? What did he say? And Steve Young said, he told me he was confident the Bucks were going to sign their key free agents. That's all I need, Steve. Thank you. Nice. Steve, I, I, you need to put a headline on this podcast when you post it, Steve. Lee DeKemper compares uh, Steve Young to picking up a girl uh, at a bar. I mean, uh, that, that'll, uh, that'll get some eyeballs, uh, Steve. Actually, not Steve. I know where you're going, but no, I, I didn't situate something. entirely inaccurately salacious no (laughs) Steve to my bigger point you know which I think is the one that's on the minds of uh, of Buck Nation everywhere Steve are you comfortable wrapping up Mayfield for an extended period of time without outs on the contract in terms of you are contractually obligated to this guy for three or four years and uh, if you dump him it's going to hurt you in terms of salary cap are you comfortable with it Steve has he done enough for you to to marry, uh, to marry him for three or four years. I think it's stupid to go long-term because I don't believe Todd Bowles, is, they're committed to him long-term. And a new coach is not going to want the quarterback. It's just that simple. Uh, so that's my thought about it. If you can get him for one year, uh, go for it. Then if you get him for one year, yeah, you, that means you're going to need more cap flexibility because that $35 million will count against the cap. But I don't have a problem with them going one year for Mayfield and then giving Mike Evans like a lifetime contract, a five-year deal. That'll give them all the cap flexibility they need. 
and make Mayfield prove it, make Todd Bowles prove it, and uh, make Liam Cohen prove it. And, you know, it gives the Glazers more flexibility. So that's the way I look at it. But if they sign him to a three-year, $100 deal, a $100 million deal, you know, I'm fine with that too. Here's the problem about this contract issue. I've been saying, and Steve argues with me, I've been saying three years, but you make sure you have an out. Don't get the out, it might cost you, but three years. You make sure, and you have an out. Here's the problem. If you don't have Baker Mayfield for two or three years, what then? Because there's nothing coming in the next two years in the draft. I just read a couple reports in the last 10 days or so. There's nothing coming down the pipeline. If they were going to tank for a quarterback, this was the year to do it. Unfortunately, they did just the opposite. They may have pushed themselves out of position to get a quarterback. So I've been arguing this. I've been writing this. And I, I'm firm in this. And I understand both of you guys' concerns that you need to see more from Mayfield that his history suggests he's too up and down. Draft a freaking quarterback. And I'm not talking second, third, fourth, snowball's chance in hell. I'm talking about first round. And if the guy is any good and Mayfield's good, you got a hell of a you got a hell of a trade chip. I mean, you you can make bank with trading a decent quarterback who's young if you don't want to use him and Mayfield pans out. You got a hell of a trade chip. I mean, look what Cleveland gave up for Deshaun Watson. That's just one example. So I've I've been arguing that, I've been writing that, and I and I won't budge from that. Draft a quarterback in the first round. I guess the one thing I'd say to that is, has there ever been a quarterback who didn't play that was traded for any sort of decent prize? I'm sure there is. I just can't think of one off the top of my head, but I'm sure there is. Steve, Lee takes a lot of heat for this uh, draft and a quarterback high this year. And, uh, you know, the common refrain, the narrative, Steve, well, they got so many needs. They got so many needs. Steve, you, you're going to say that every year. You're going to say it every year. They go into a draft. They got, you know, they need this. They need the left guard. They need a center. Uh, they, they need an inside linebacker. They need a corner, uh, another safety. Uh, uh, you know, this year's no different. I, I don't think the Kemper's crazy. I, I just don't. And I'll take it a step further. I would do it even if you put the franchise tag on Mayfield. Bring in a quarterback that you believe in. Don't take one for the sake of taking one. Take one that you believe in, and I'm I'm hearing that some guys might slide down and be available to the Bucks that uh, I, I think are intriguing uh, in terms of Knicks and uh, and Penix, maybe McCarthy. You, you never know. You, you got to be developing somebody. I mean, you know, and the great uh, Lee likes to uh, talk about Parcells and things he says. Well, I like Ron Wolf too. Steve Ron, Ron Wolf would draft the quarterback every year. He would draft one. <laughs> He, he had Brett Favre. He had this guy. He had that guy. He drafted one anyway. Sage, um, Sage, I agree. I agree with you, except the, there's a fundamental problem. Let's say they could get a good quarterback this year, one that you know, one that they felt had franchise potential, and they give up their first-round pick, and they give up a third-round pick. You know, They use their first-round pick and a third-rounder to trade up uh, and maybe you know, a throwaway pick in later years. Okay, so then essentially you got two – your first and third round pick are not going to play this year. If the team thinks that they're on the cusp of being really good with re-signing Mayfield, they need that first and third round pick this year to contribute, just like Cansey and Diaby contributed this year. That's the only way to get better. So it's like you're, you're shooting your Super Bowl chances in the foot if you believe that you can get there with Mayfield because you're giving up two draft picks who aren't going to play this year. And if you believe you can win with Mayfield, why would you do that? If you don't believe you can win with Mayfield, then just 
go all out and draft the guy this year and don't re-sign Mayfield. But if you play in the middle, then you're stuck. And then you're asking Todd Bowles to develop your quarterback, which Lee said he would never do ever and have him in there. And if Bowles is going to get fired, then you have a mess with the new coordinator and a new offense and a, the young guy, QB, sitting on the bench who we don't know if is any good but may be good. He's got to learn a new system in his second year. I don't know. It just feels like a total mess. I, well, I got a worse fundamental problem, not having a quarterback. And then you're chasing for five, ten years. That's right, Lee. And and, and I think Steve just hit it on the head. They, they are in the middle. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Steve's not wrong. But the, the, the worst case scenario is not having a quarterback. I'd rather have a talented quarterback who's never played, but you think he's going to be good sitting on the bench, i.e. guy from Green Bay, as Jordan Love, to, Jordan Love, yeah, yeah, yep. as, as opposed to what? See, what Seattle got? Drew Lock. I mean, that yep. head case, or or Will Levis, who looks like crap. I mean, you know, Steve, you just said it yourself. Uh, it was a perfect uh, encapsulation. Whether you like it or not, they are in the middle. They're smack dab in the middle. They were a nine and eighteen. They won a playoff game. Then they got beat. Lee, you might as well put an asterisk by that Eagles playoff game. They stunk. They stunk by the end of the year. They stunk. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to demean the Bucks for winning. Uh, no, no, I'm not going to demean them. They smacked <laughs> them around as, as they should have. Now, Steve, I'll give you an example. If I'm Detroit, I don't think I'm in the middle. I, I think I'm right there. Now, you might say, well, wait a minute. The Bucks played Detroit tough. Detroit's a better team, I think, by a considerable margin. They're better. They're much better during the regular season. You know, they beat them in the playoff game. I never thought the Bucks were going to win the game once it started. Detroit's not in the middle. Buffalo's not in the middle. The Bucks are in the middle. So when you're in the middle, you're half in and you're half out. You're not sure about Bulls. I think Steve's right. You're not sure. He could be here for the next four years. He could be bounced a year from now. He could be. Um, they go four and seven. There's no guarantee they snap out of it like they did this year. I give them credit. I give Bulls a lot of credit for that. And now let's get some credit. The players get a bunch of credit. Uh, but Lee, they're in the middle. They're in the middle. And when you're in the middle, I think you got to hedge your bets a little bit. And I think drafting a quarterback is, is the smart move. It's, it's not a bad move. Let's put it that way. Sage, it'll be a long debate. If the Glazers go to Jason Light, <laughs> if the Glazers simply ask Jason Light, hey, Jason, what do we need to do to get in the conference championship game next year? He's not going to say draft a quarterback. And He's going to say call timeout. <laughs> he might say call timeout, but he's going to say he's going to say we need these draft picks. We need to re-sign Mike. These two guys we're targeting in free agency. We might have to accumulate a little more dead money down the road, but this is what it would take. You know, which road do you think the Glazers go down? I think ultimately, I think the Glazers are pretty realistic. Now, they did listen to Light a year ago when he said, uh, we're not rebuilding. It's just a reset. We're going to be very competitive. And they listened to him. They did, and they could have went with Trask. Like, they could have and said, uh, if it all falls apart, we'll draft the quarterback in the 2024 draft, which is a quarterback-rich draft. They could have done that. They did. They said, all right, you want Mayfield? Let's see what he's got. I'm still not sold completely. Like, I'm not. Based on his track record. That's fair. Lee, this offense didn't light it up this year. Now, that's not totally on Mayfield, but he was the quarterback for every damn snap. And they averaged 20 points. I'm not doing cartwheels over that, Lee. I'm not. No, there was evidence, though. Whenever Canales opened it up, they were potent. He just didn't want to open it up for, you know, he was, you know, 
Let, let's, let's run up the middle. Bad, good, or indifferent, that's that's his mentality, as Levante David would say. <laughs> Steve, do we know for a fact that uh, Liam Cohn is a, is a clone of uh, Bruce Arians uh, in terms of uh, going downfield? Uh, what, what do we know about his philosophy? I, I don't know that this guy uh, is a bombs-away uh, coordinator. Well, we're, we're going to find out, Sage. We're going to find out. Lee, uh, uh, patrolling Vegas, uh, what else do we need to know from a Bucks perspective? I know you talked to some other, uh, some former Buccaneers out there. I didn't really get any startling insight as far as other Buccaneers, um, other than Donovan Smith was a huge fan of Joe Gilbert. He, he worshipped Joe Gilbert. And he, he came out and said, he goes, he's the reason why, you know, Tristan, I'm quoting him, He's the reason why Christian and I were okay. He's a huge Joe Gilbert fan. All, of all the stuff I talked to the players, the biggest thing was Donovan Smith thinks that Joe, you know, the Bucks lost a, a good one in Joe Gilbert. Justin Watson, you know, I tried to ask him. I, I wasn't really trying to steer him, but I, I thought that maybe the Bucks' offense was not fit for him like Kansas City's offense. You know, Andy Reid's more of a West Coast guy. Arians is more of a Coriel guy. And I thought maybe... You know, the fact that he has more success, I thought maybe it was the offense, but he wouldn't go there. I'm pretty sure the fact that he's having more success in Kansas City, and Watson denied this, but I asked him, I said, one reason why you couldn't get on the field much with the Bucks, it was such a top-heavy wide receiver room, which it was. He didn't necessarily agree with that. Well, I mean, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, come on. Outside of injuries, how are you going to get on the field? You're not. But, but he denied that, so... Those are only big takeaways, you want to call that big. I talked to Daryl, D. Orlando Ledbetter, you know, the, the no one covers the Falcons like him. No one. Not even close. And I, I, I interviewed him, and I asked him, I said, uh, is Atlanta going to go after Baker Mayfield? And he told me Mayfield's name literally came up in the conversation in, in the uh, introduction of Raheem as the head coach because he picked the Rams offensive coordinator, a guy that Mayfield played for. And Baker Mayfield's name literally came up. But he didn't think they were going to do it. He thought they were going to draft the quarterback. He isn't sure that Atlanta has the money to sign Mayfield as a free agent. So he doesn't think they're going to be major players in Mayfield. And we'll see. But he and I, I trust his judgment because, like I said, no one covers a team like him. And I can already see the Sage squirming in his seat. He's fired up to get to the NFL scouting combine for the first time since 2016. Sage was supposed to go last year, but he had a last-minute emergency. But it's going to be a hell of a time, Ira. I know you're fired up to uh, get all these media types and Bucks types and assistant coaches. That will be uh, rolling up a bunch of podcast interviews to uh, treat your audience here. And um, going forward, it's going to be very exciting. We've already got some great stuff lined up, and the Combine is weeks away. You ready for that, Ira? Uh, let's see some of these prospects. Let's talk to some of these quarterback prospects. Do you think the Bucks have any interest in you? And I'm grabbing whoever we can find. Whoever we can find, I'm grabbing them. Here's one for you, Sage. Rich Gannon, I talked to Rich Gannon about Mayfield. Rich Gannon basically said about Mayfield, if you don't re-sign Mayfield, who are you going to get? He goes, who's out there? And he said the only guy he could think of that might be out there is Kirk Cousins. You know, I was going to say this earlier when you talk about bulls and job security and what Light was saying last year to the Glazers about you know, blowing it up or uh, retooling, whatever. Sure. I said this at the time. I, I said it during training camp, and I'll remind people now. With Mayfield on the roster, there was no way Todd Bowles was going to put his career on the line with a guy that only had nine 
pass attempts, especially given his uh, how much he loved Mayfield. You know, they had a relationship since Mayfield came out in the draft. And if, you know, I mean, this is the thing about this. Bowles went up against Trask in practice for how many years? So apparently Trask did not give Bowles any confidence at all that the lack of uh, experience could be overcome. No way Bowles is going to trust his career with a guy he didn't trust, number one. Number two, with a guy with such limited experience. The Trask people aren't going to like it, Steve. He, he just doesn't fit into the picture, Steve. He, he doesn't. No. Well, you know, he might have to go somewhere else. And he's not going to be under center for the Bucks, uh, barring an injury. Sage, uh, as uh, everyone's been glued to their seats, I know you've uh, been to every single Super Bowl uh, except for three. Uh, you had your 30th... <laughs> You had your 30th birthday party at Super Bowl one. Who is the winner? And uh, you have a score or you any, any thoughts on this game? I will just say up front, it's impossible to bet against Patrick Mahomes. So I think it's just a, a game to enjoy. Don't waste your money. It scares me that everybody and their mother's jumping on the Chiefs. Everybody's picking the Chiefs, it seems. The Niners have a better roster. The Niners have a better roster. I'm sorry. That's just the way I feel, especially on the offensive side, except for the guy on the center. You know, Lee, let's be objective. They, they don't have a running back like McCaffrey. Who does? He's the best in the league. Uh, they don't have an array of receivers uh, like Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Kittle is a notch below Kelsey. If he is, maybe a notch below. Their offensive line, I think, is at least as good as Kansas City's, especially with uh, this guy, Tony's not going to play, and he might be the Chiefs' best offensive line. So anyway... I think the Niners have the better team, but uh, I don't think Steve's necessarily wrong. Mahomes has thrown about 160 passes without an interception, and he threw a bunch of picks this year during the regular season. But not now. Not now. And I don't like the way the Niner defense has been playing, Lee. I don't think they've been playing up to their capabilities. So, no. I think the Chiefs win, and I think I think it might be a high-scoring game. I'm, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to say 31-27, and Gracie Hunt will be smiling after the game. Well, that's always a good thing. I'm going to put you on the spot, Ira, Mr. Chiefs fan. All right. Brady, Mahomes, Montana. Who are you going with? Brady's the GOAT. Brady's the GOAT. I'm not going to judge Brady from the 2022 season. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I think uh, he was distracted. He was 44, 45. I'm, I'm going to remember Brady with all those classic Super Bowls. He, even the games that he lost, he, he you know, he got there. Br Brady's the GOAT. And Mahomes is chasing him. And there's Montana, kind of like right in between them. Mahomes is on his way, Lee. But he's not there yet. He's got two. The other guy's got seven. Uh, good luck catching up. I still don't buy the excuse. You know, people make... Chiefs offensive line was trash, and they were somehow distracted by Andy Reid's kid. That, to me, is a slap in the face to the Bucs. If, if, if the offensive line was that bad for Kansas City, how the hell they put 38 points up against Buffalo? That's number one. Number two, uh, here's the juicy nugget, Ira. I heard. I'm glad you brought this up because it, it jump-started my brain. The 2022 Brady. Steve wrote about this. I wrote about this. We had no proof. We just just our eyes. I thought the Bucks tuned out Tom Brady. You know, everybody always oh, the great leader. Everybody follows him. I cite the San Francisco game where it just looked like his teammates just clicked. They turned the channel on Brady. They 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 were not behind him. Juicy nugget I heard in Las Vegas. Brady's teammates could see that 
he did everything he could not to get hit. And as a quarterback, you got to expect to get hit. And they thought Brady not putting 110% in and then demanding that from his teammates, that that wasn't kosher. I, I, I think there's some truth to that, Lee. Uh, we said it all year on this podcast. We were the only ones that would say it. He didn't want to get hit. He didn't want to get hit. And as a result, uh, it, it affected the offense, Steve. It, 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 plays could not no longer develop. The ball was thrown into the ground. Uh, anytime uh, there was an on-rushing guy within a zip code of, of Brady, somebody said, look at the statistics. He didn't have a bad year. Steve, the eye test, the eye test. He wasn't very good in 2022. I'm sticking with it. All right, Sage, enjoy the game. Lee, you as well. Ira, enjoy your customary annual uh, Super Bowl morning onion bagel with that chive cream cheese you enjoy so much. And we will see you next week.